Welcome to Winning Words, where we challenge you to speak life to influence others. Hi, I'm Ross Jelseth, and today we are going to focus on a subject that is near and dear to my life and has been for a long time. The topic today is Leadership 101. So here we go. First of all, let's look at the definition of leadership. It's simple. It has been described as the art of motivating a group of people to work towards a common goal. The art of motivating a group of people to work towards a common goal. That's a mouthful. So let me unpack this for you. First of all, my background has been rooted in leadership. I remember when I was in elementary school, and you remember that when we had recess, remember those days? Recess gave us the opportunity to participate in an activity away from the classroom. And in more case than not, as boys, we played some kind of a sport, kickball, softball, football, whatever it was on the playground. But I remember I so much wanted to choose the teams. Couldn't always be the person, but I wanted to be the one to choose a team. Why? Because I want to lead and I was selfish. I wanted to make sure I got the best players. I didn't want to take a chance on somebody else choosing the team I was going to be on. Now, that was my remembrance of leadership at a young, young age. I was probably eight, nine, 10 years old. But from there, as my life moved along, 26 years I served as a head football coach. Started it in 1974, which was a few days ago. Then I followed that up with 26 years as being the head of a private school, a Christian school, Life Christian Academy. I started that journey in 1993. So if you combine those, the math, do the math, that's 52 years. But most importantly, my greatest source of leadership has been 38 years as the head of household, our family. That began in 1982. Now, for you in leadership, this could include leadership within your family, your nuclear unit called a family, spouse, children, grandchildren. It could be a business. It could be a group or an organization that you're a part of. So leadership 101, here's some coaching points, so to speak, that I have come to appreciate and have learned over the years. Let's start with this one. First of all, I believe that you must feel called in order to last as a leader. Leadership is not a once in a while, when you get around to it type of activity. You cannot motivate people to work towards a common goal unless you're very intentional about it and unless you're willing to extend the effort, so to speak. So I feel being called is so important. I felt at a young age like I wanted to be a head football coach. And I felt like it was something I could do. So 
because of that, I loved it. I love being a head coach. I love being a part of the players and the game and the competition. And I was willing to not just participate. I was willing to lead. There's a big difference between participation and leadership. I used to tell my football teams at the University of Puget Sound, our practice field was adjacent to a busy street in Tacoma, Washington called Union Avenue. And there were lots of cars driving by. And periodically I would tell my team, we're out here leading. We are here making impact on the game. All those people driving by represent people that would watch the game, but you are actually leading by your participation in the game. So number one, you, I believe you got to feel called. If you have passion for the organization or the mission or the outcome, I believe that's part of the calling, so to speak. You've got to love it. With that being the case, point number two, vision. Whatever team or organization or group of people that you aspire to lead, You've got to create a vision, a picture. And along with creating the vision, you've got to share the vision. So you've got to be a communicator. The best leaders are great communicators. Why? Because they can help others understand where they're going, where you're trying to take the organization. Real positively, you can help, if you're a visionary and you're a gifted communicator, you can help people see the outcome. And then you can convince them that, you know what, we're going to do it. So visionaries have passion for the organization, but then they know where it's going and they can create and communicate that vision. You know, if you look at the dynamics of an organization, if you walk the halls or stop by some of the desks or the counters where the employees were, if you ask them, where is this organization headed? Where will this organization be in five years? If it's an organization that's got a healthy culture, they can tell you where that organization is going to be or where it's headed or why it is what it is, so to speak. Why? Because that vision has been communicated. So you must have a vision. You must feel called in order to lead. The third coaching point is leadership is a skill. There are references in the Bible, for example, there's the gift of leadership. There's the gift of discernment. There's the gift of prophecy. There's the gift of helps. There's a gift of encouragement. But leadership is also a skill. It can, and from my standpoint, it needs to be learned. I'm a way different person and leader now than when I led in the year 2000, for example, 20 years later, I look back on who I was in the year 2000, quite different than who I am now. And part of it has been my growth, not perfect, but my growth and my maturation as a leader. Leadership is a skill and it can and needs to be learned. Let me give you a couple of examples. 
First of all, leaders love to connect. Leaders love to connect. Simply meaning they want to be amongst other leaders. They want to rub elbows. They want to listen. They want to watch. They want to evaluate. So part of learning is to be with others, connect with other leaders, learn from their example. Sometimes their example can be of achievement and sometimes it can be of setback, so to speak. And I'll tell you this, as a leader, you're going to have both, hopefully and prayerfully, more success than setback, but you have to be able to work with both. So learning leadership is really a function of connecting with other people, learning from them, watching. Another coaching point. Leaders are readers. Leaders are readers. Feed your leadership tank. Feed your leadership brain. I can't tell you how many books I have that I'm reading at a time. It's typically four or five. And sometimes I feel guilty they haven't gotten back to one uh, for a few days or a couple of weeks, but I'm in the read, so to speak. And the reason that I am reading four or five different books is I just feel like they can all help me. I can learn from each one of them, so to speak. And the other thing about reading as a leader, reading is not really a group activity in the context I'm talking about now. Reading is a sit down, concentrate on what you're reading activity, meaning I am doing it or you are doing it. And it's a great way as you read to filter the input through what's going on in your life. So if you pick up a book on leadership or an article on leadership and you're reading it, you're filtering what you're taking in, so to speak, your brain and you're measuring it alongside of what it is that you're dealing with at the time. And you'll give yourself opportunity to gain perspective, to gain insight about your situation through what you're reading, so to speak. So leaders are readers. Feed your brain. Now, the other thing that leaders do that's so effective is they've also got to feed their people. So leadership 101 is more than you being the leader. It is impacting and influencing your people. So as a head football coach, I had players. I had players' parents. I had support staff, assistant coaches. And it did me no good to grow as a leader unless I was helping them grow, unless I was helping them feed, so to speak, themselves. I was trying to help feed them, helping them better understand, helping them realize they too can do it, so to speak. So feeding your people and going back to the analogy of a group read, I made the comment that a group read wasn't about every activity because sometimes reading is simply about yourself reading. But 
powerful exercise is to choose an appropriate article or a book and do what I simply call a group read. I've cut out articles from the Wall Street Journal or other daily publications and scanned them and sent them to my team and said, read and be prepared to discuss. A couple of occasions, we've come up with a book and we've read it as a faculty and staff at Life Christian Academy over the course of several months. And every couple of weeks, we'd come together for a half hour and we would simply discuss the book. We discuss a chapter in the book and we were simply sharing what we'd each learned from the reading. But what did it do? Well, it gave me a chance to feed our people in an area that I thought we needed and it would be tied to the vision I had, obviously, for the organization. Because why did I pick the article? Why did I pick the book? Because I felt it was something that would benefit our journey, so to speak. Another point, in addition to feeling called, being visionary, develop your leadership as a skill, and in addition to reading as a leader, a fundamental aspect of leadership, which I think is greatly misunderstood, leadership is serving. So many people think, I want to be the leader when I get older. I want to be the boss. I want to be the owner. I want to take charge. But what they don't realize when they're making that aspirational statement is they do not realize that leadership is serving. Jesus said that the first shall be last, which meant you take care of everybody else and then the leader comes, so to speak. So servant leadership is something I've become very, very much a fan of. And it is so simple, but at the same time, it's challenging. And it's basically an attitude. It's a mindset that others are more important than me. So I would say this to you. For your family, serve the rest of your family members and you'll be well served. If it's for your organization or your business, serve your employees first. The first line of goodwill and culture in any team and any organization, if it's a team, it's the players. If it's an organization or a business, it's your employees. If you do as a leader a great job of serving your players, serving your employees, the culture of your team, the culture of your organization will be so positive. It'll be filled with energy. It'll be filled with affirmation. It will be filled with we can do it attitudes. And you know what you'll have as a result? You'll have success and significance. Why? Because spirit is contagious. People share positive, uplifting reports. They share good news. One aspect of marketing is no, no further than marketing to your own employees. 
How do you market to your own employees? By serving them, by making them feel important. Another coaching point for leaders, and this is a challenge. There are no days off as a leader. If you're on the clock, so to speak, and you're the leader, you're paid to lead. Now, that doesn't mean you don't get a vacation, doesn't mean that there's a weekend, so you get a break. That's all well and good. But when I say no days off as a leader, let's take the work week and let's just say it's Monday through Friday. It could be Saturday through Thursday. It could be Monday through Saturday, whatever it is. But what I'm simply saying to you here as a coaching point is if you're on the clock and you're the leader, then you need to lead. I just didn't figure out a way that on a Wednesday, if I was in the office, not to lead for two reasons. One, people expect and look to me to lead. They didn't think, oh, it's Tuesday or it's Thursday. Ross may not feel like leading today. No, if you're on the clock, you're expected to lead. If you're the leader, people are expecting leadership to come from you. So whether it's a five-minute appointment on that given day, or whether it's a meeting in front of your entire group of employees, when you walk in the room as a leader, people are expecting you to provide vision, report, communication, update, sometimes critique, but what are they expecting? They're expecting you to lead. So going back to the beginning, I said you must feel called in order to last as a leader. Part of lasting is your awareness that you're willing to lead every day you're on the clock. So the other aspect of the fact that you're leading every day is that if your vision is strong enough, and I pray for you it is, if you're going to be a leader, I pray that you can develop strong vision for an organization, for a group, your family, whatever it is, that that vision provides for you a stimulus, a motivation, so to speak, that you want to lead every day because there's always something to improve. There's always something to work towards. So being on the clock, you're paid to lead, you're expected to lead, but when it's best done, your own vision causes you, promotes you, so to speak, encourages you to lead. Why? Because of your passion. The last coaching point that I want to give you today on Leadership 101 is you must enjoy being in the driver's seat. Now, I want you to think of this in the context of a bus. You probably heard the analogy that part of leadership is getting the best players on the bus. And then the teaching is to then get them on the right seats on the bus. Well, if you're the leader, I would say to you that you need to enjoy being in the driver's seat. Sometimes human nature would have it that it's easier for us to sit maybe in the fifth row 
and relax and let somebody else drive. The reality is, if you are the leader, you must enjoy being in the driver's seat. For God's sakes, don't put yourself in a position of leadership if you do not enjoy being in the driver's seat. Some people are not meant to be leaders. Some people are meant to sit in that fourth seat and they're content and they do a great job sitting, so to speak. So they may be active in the organization, but they're in a different role than leadership. And that's just fine. But if you're going to be the leader, you need to enjoy being in the driver's seat. Extra responsibility, but two hands on the wheel, so to speak, foot on the accelerator, and you get to be the person driving. You've got to enjoy it. And speaking of that, let me conclude with this analogy. Not only do you get to be the driver, but you also, in the context of leadership, you're helping everyone else on that bus get to where your family, your business, or your organization wants to go. What was the definition of leadership? The art of motivating a group of people to work toward a common goal. Let me close with this. 26 years as a head football coach, I didn't drive the bus, but I sat in the front row seat right across from the bus driver. Let me give you this analogy. Greatest feeling on earth is a bus ride home from a game. You've won the game. Your players have played well. They're excited. Their families are excited. The community that follows the team is excited. And you as the head coach can sit there in that front row and you can enjoy the moment, so to speak. So Leadership 101, the frosting on the cake, so to speak, is being in that leadership position and experiencing your team so excited with their outcome, so excited with their success and their significance. So I pray for you that today's Leadership 101, we're going to follow this up next week with another teaching on leadership. These coaching points are building a foundation for what's to come. So remember, feel called to be a leader, have a vision for the organization, develop your leadership skill, read in order to be an effective leadership, be willing to serve others, and as we just mentioned now, being in a position where you know that every day you're on the clock, you are paid to lead. Enjoy being in the driver's seat. Thanks for being with us on this session of Leadership 101, Winning Words, where we teach you how to influence others by speaking life. God's best to you.